So Lisa, I've got you for a couple extra minutes. I want to talk about another holiday that really fits into this mold, but it is so unique in my opinion that I think it kind of deserves its own discussion. And that is Dia de los Muertos. And this, I didn't even really understand the history of this. I thought it was um, strictly in Mexico, but this is a whole Latin American, uh, Southern and Central American kind of cultural uh, Mesoamerican belief that is, is similar to Halloween, but it's got very distinct personality. Um, so let's talk about, tell me, tell me a little bit about Dia de los Muertos. Yeah, I, I think of Dia de los Muertos as the sort of um, flip side of Halloween on the other side of the world, um, because the origins are very similar. In both cases, you have the Catholic Church coming in to convert an existing pagan celebration. Um, and with um, Halloween, you get the missionaries coming up into Ireland. With Dia de los Muertos, you get the missionaries coming into Mexico. And um, the Aztecs, in particular, had a number of interesting holidays that were dedicated to the dead. And they also uh, had some similar holidays in the Mayan culture. And so um, after Cortez comes in and massacres far too many of these people, <laughs> um, the missionaries come in and they um, start the whole uh, Syncre, uh, the doctrine of syncretism, which is what the Catholic Church was practicing to co-opt these holidays. And so uh, they bring in All Saints Day and All Souls Day, and we see a really distinctive mesh in Mexico that's very different from Halloween. Um, whereas Halloween goes off and becomes this sort of celebration of the macabre and of scary things and then eventually of parties and so forth. Um, with Dia de los Muertos, you, you get this sort of more, you still get a macabre edge, but you also get the more somber celebration of All Saints Day with people remembering their loved ones. Um, in many parts of Mexico, Dia de los Muertos is actually Dias de los Muertos. Mm. It runs for at least three days. Right, right. There are areas where it runs even longer. And um, the idea is that you set out in your own home, you set out the foods and the drinks and the things that your deceased loved ones love, and then you go to the cemetery at night, and you clean and you decorate the cemetery at night. And those um, night processions are really lovely. They are absolutely beautiful. You can find photos from them in books or videos, and um, watching some of them, they are really, really a wonderful um, expression of devotion to the lost loved ones and so forth. But the holiday also does have its macabre edge because it looks at death and it says, we don't fear you, we're going to mock you. Um, so you get a lot of satirical imagery of death. Um, one of the most famous is La Catrina, which is the image of the sort of wealthy woman done as a skull face with the big floppy hat. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you get the things like the sugar skulls, which um, we all know about now, and, and the painted skull faces. And so you get this sort of both embracing and mocking of death that indicate that it's not something to be feared. You can make fun of it. You accept it. Um, and But it's um, it's there. Well, it's it's funny because I was looking it up, and it's – you know, where where Halloween is one day and All Saints Day and All Souls Day are three separate days. Dios, it, it's, it should be Dios de los Muertos because it's like the 31st through the 2nd. Uh, and uh -huh. it's, it's three days. So it's like one celebration, you know, instead of three separate celebrations. 
And and I, I, you know, in when I took Spanish in high school, we, you know, of course, we you study the culture, uh, and this was like one of my favorite things to learn about because it's so interesting. Because you have an altar for the dead, you've got a very specific bread called the pan de muertos, and it's left out. And in you know, it's it the whole idea of like having picnics in cemeteries, and it was just such a, a, a different take. Because I was used to cemeteries being the place that you, you know, ground zero for the zombie apocalypse. Like that's how I always thought of right. cemetery, right? <laughs> And I think Night of the Living Dead had a lot to do with that. But it's not that way at all, you know, um, south of the equator. Yeah. It's, it's very different. And, you know, the, the imagery is extraordinarily unique. And, and it's beautiful. And it's just, it's just such a cool thing. You know, as an outsider, just looking in on it, just, you know, aesthetically, it's just such a cool-looking holiday. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, it does. You know, this kind of goes back to what I was saying before, is it's almost like this universality of the time period because everyone you know across the world all the indigenous peoples were all really celebrating very similar things in their own way and you know you mentioned the the beans as a, a custom for leading spirits out you know there's a very strong you know the trail of flowers uh i'm going to get the name wrong but it's the zempa chuli petals and That's is that pretty, pretty close, good yeah That's not bad right yeah, uh, but you go, you know, it's a trail of flowers basically from the ofrenda, which is the altar, you know, out and and, you know, it's regionalized just like Halloween in some ways where certain cultures uh, have the trail that the flowers that lead someplace, you know, either into the street or they do different things with the petals. But they all, you know, it's all kind of very similar, but very different, very unique to the region. And I just love that. Yeah, I do, too. And um the ofrendas are really interesting because they vary a little bit between the different regions in Mexico. And there are some places where making the ofrendas is an absolutely extraordinary thing. Um, there's a one area in Mexico where the ofrendas are always made from sort of white materials, and they're gigantic. They're these huge, like, multi-platform towers that are just absolute works of art by the time they're done with them. And um, here in L.A., it's interesting that one of the things that we have seen um, as the sort of cultures have meshed here is that the ofrendas have become a really big part of Dia de los Muertos celebrations in the U.S. Um, like, for example, here in L.A., we have a huge celebration that happens every year at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, and they actually have an ofrenda um, display and competition there. Wow. <laughs> and um, They usually, yeah, they'll have about 100 of these ofrendas set up around the cemetery, and you walk past them, and some of them are really extraordinary. And, um, I mean, there was one a few years ago that was to celebrate the passing of the, the great makeup artist Dan Winston, and, and some of the people who worked for him had set it up, and they had original pieces of his work and photos of it. And um, But, I mean, just the things that people set up for their loved ones are quite often just absolutely gorgeous, where they'll be multi-leveled and there will be flowers and photos and um, the... Um, the lovely smell of the traditional um, incense is burning, and it really is a, a kind of magical thing, I think, to see. Well, it's interesting how, you know, I don't know if this is like an, a, an American thing or not, but it's interesting you have all this competition. Like, it, it's, it seems strange to me. It seems like against, like, what the holiday is about, you know? I mean, I get that, like, everyone, I mean, yeah. they're beautiful, and whenever you have beautiful things, whether it's cakes or whatever, you want to you have a competition for it. But it's almost like having 
like the most beautiful tombstone. It's just, right. It's, it's like a little odd. Like it's weird. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's a little odd, but I think it, you know, it serves to get people interested and to get them in and looking at these things. And um, so that part of it is okay. But yeah, otherwise you're absolutely it right. It seems like it's not quite in the spirit of the holiday, but you know, we do like our competitions. Uh, one thing I want to mention just in closing here is, I love that this comes from the Aztecs, and just interesting fact in your book where you talk about how the Aztec calendar, which is very different, had 18 months, 20 days each, and then five days at the end. Um, and I think it was in this end time that was, I think that kind of, co- if I'm correct, it coincides with this this period, like the Halloweenish period. And they had two festivals for the dead. They had a great feast of the dead, which involved human sacrifice, where I think... I don't actually know how they chose who the people that they sacrificed were, but they were burned, their hearts were cut out, and their skulls were then taken and put on an altar, which is a very almost a macabre jack-o'-lantern kind of thing. But it sounded very much like the Temple of Doom. Um, is Was this, I mean, are these festivals documented? Is this pretty close to what happened? Pretty close, yeah. We have some pretty good archaeological evidence to support this. Um, unlike with the Celts, where we have very sort of minor evidence on everything, um, some archaeological evidence, but not a lot that shows anything to do with Samhain. With the the Aztecs and so forth, we have a little bit more documentation to support all of this. And um, that is very likely where a lot of that skull imagery that's associated with the Adilus Mortos comes right. from. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting. Um, just how brutal some some cultures were. Right? I mean, it's like it's a little crazy. Um, but it's I guess if Halloween's the the time to 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 think about that. Uh, one last thing. So some regional cultures in Dia de los Muertos do like a house to house begging that's similar to trick or treating. Is that convergent as well? Did that kind of spring up on its own, or does that have any relation to the origins of trick or treating in the U.S.? Uh, no, that would have sprung up completely on its huh. own. Wow, that's so interesting. So three different places where house-to-house begging for food kind of came up right around this time. Uh, I don't, that's that's like I gotta say that to me that's the fact of the podcast here. I mean that's the most interesting thing is to see all these different customs spring up independently over time. Um, very interesting stuff. Uh, well, Lisa, I gotta tell you this has just been an absolutely fascinating discussion, and thank you for taking this extra time out for me. Oh, it was a pleasure, Dan. It was great fun. <laughs>